Hello and welcome to Teaching Sports, where we educate you on all Wisconsin sports, including D.C. Everest High School. Well, because we're teachers. The guys, Matt Bullis, Mike Matthews, Mike Sale, and C.J. Hansen, hey, that's me, will teach you all you need to know about the only teams that matter. Well, and we're finally back on the podcast as we had a little bit of a hiatus over the holidays. And uh, let's start off with a little Everest Sports recap. It's been, uh, it's been a hot minute, so we'll, uh, we'll update you on what's uh, going on in the world of uh, D.C. Everest High School sports. Matthews. All right. Um, well, since it is January and it's cold, we'll start on the ice. Um, the hockey team. Uh, currently, the boys' hockey team uh, is two and four in the conference, eight and nine overall. Um, they lost Friday, uh, home game against Sun Prairie, non-conference game. Uh, they had won three games in a row prior to that. Uh, this Thursday, they are at Wausau West, uh, which is always a tough matchup. But we usually play them better actually uh, on the road on the smaller ice. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, and then the girls team, uh, the Storm is, um, I think, currently ranked second in the state. They're 13-2. and two. Uh, They're coming off a win against the Eau Claire Stars uh, from last week, Thursday, I think it was. Um, they got a couple games this week against uh, Appleton, Xavier, and Medford. Um, moving to the basketball court, uh, the girls team, 7-8 uh, and eight overall, 2-3 and three in the conference. Uh, they have a busy week this week. They play uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, Tuesday up at Lakeland, and then Friday or Thursday and Friday, uh, they get to host uh, the. Uh, I guess they're having a little bit of a crosstown uh, Thursday, Friday jamboree uh, playing West and East uh, here at, at Everest. Um, I think they're on a, a two or three game winning streak. Um, they beat Merrill Medford. Uh, I can't remember. I think prior to that, I think they beat somebody. But um, so things are are going okay there, uh, right around the 500 mark. The boys basketball team also plays uh, three games this week. Uh, they have West. I think that one is tonight, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, Shawano tomorrow night, um, and then Wausau East Friday, all home games for the Evergreens. So uh, get out and uh, support your uh, local boys' cagers, as they used to put in the Wausau Daily here. Well, there you go. Um, when they still talked about high school sports. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they actually reported local sports in the local newspaper. Uh, three and eight, two and two. I don't know. Sale probably knows a lot more about the boys' basketball team than, uh, than I do at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think what they're they're uh, struggling to find a second uh, consistent score. They've got Marcus Hall, of course, who's had a pretty outstanding year, um, and we'll learn a lot this week, I think, as they play the two Wausau teams, you know, and Shawano. Um, we'll be really curious to see how how it goes tonight. We have wrestling. Um, looks like they're two and three. Um, second place at the Fred Lierke Invitational. Uh, we had a couple of champions, Easton Cooper, Blake Heal, and Miles Paulson. That's great. 
Um, looks like they have a, a spash invite coming up. So oh, that was on Saturday. Oh, that was Saturday. Yeah, I didn't get anything on that. Okay. So didn't see any of the boys today. They Nobody have Merrill school, so. coming up. All right. Well, kudos to our Everest athletes. Keep her going, and uh, hopefully the next time we record, we can update you on that. Boys swimming is uh, 0-7, but uh, having a kid on the team, I can tell you that there are a couple things going on there. We've had some um, some sickness through the team, so some of the good swimmers have missed a few here and there. Also, we have a much smaller team than a lot of the others around here, just not a big team, so um, not as many guys to throw in the pool. And there have been, there's been a lot of improvement, you know, a lot of improvement from a lot of people. So. Um, just keep rooting for those guys. They're all working hard, putting in their time, grinding. If I remember correctly, a younger team. A younger as team. Well. So yep. and um, some and the, chances to continue growing for a few years. Absolutely. Here. And their and their stud is just a sophomore, David Mayer, and he continues to just swim lights out. So great. Um, anything we know about dance, curling, ski, and snowboard? Um, you know the dancers have. Um, from talking to Liberty Christensen, um, they're pretty young. They only have three seniors. Uh, they have one of their techniques or whatever dance, I don't know what they really are called, um, but the palm is pretty good, she okay. said. Great. Um, and they've scored pretty well on their um, the Saturday invites that they've gone to. Um, that's really their strongest that I think she thinks they could uh, do well at state. Uh, ski and snowboarders, I haven't heard too much on. They've had a couple uh, meets. Uh, they have one coming up uh, tomorrow up at uh, Powderhorn. Um, you know, so if you ever really want to miss a lot of school, I think ski and <laughs> snowboard, must, that must be the sport to get into. Um, and then curling, uh, the girls curlers, I talked to one of the girls curlers that's a softball player the other day um they they are struggling a bit uh they've got a young crew inexperienced crew so um just kids kind of learning learning the game so uh, they've got a meet or a, i don't even know if it's called a meet a game bond spiel well i don't i think match? a match i probably maybe i don't know i don't know they gotta do some curling on thursday <laughs> they're gonna go uh, throw the old stone the rock so, what's the, the stone throwing stone what's the difference throwing. between a match and a bond spiel i think a bond spiel more is like than, a tournament i think that's like an invitation one. Invitation. Oh, yeah. 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 that's like when you don't just get a 12 pack you get a keg <laughs> so <laughs> um. yes talking about high school sports yeah. and drinking and perfect Matthews. well it's a german it's a German thing. Oh, clearly, so is kindergarten, but, you know, right, they're not uh, cracking open a cold one. So. Uh, all right, well, let's go to the Packers. Speaking, so of, speaking of drinking, all right. Um, Green Bay, uh, going into the playoffs here, uh, just found out their opponent will be the San Francisco 49ers as those said 49ers defeated the Dallas Cowboys yesterday in a playoff game. Uh the fighting Mike McCarthy's go down in flames. All right. Well, um, what do what do you guys want to start off with? We want to talk about some of the injured players coming back. Uh, thoughts about this week. Um, uh, Bullis, we'll start with you. What do you want to What do you want to say to start off well, with about the Green Bay Packers? The injured player thing is real interesting. Um, you know, I'd like to get your thoughts on. Obviously, some of those guys are going to be back. They played last week, as far as Bakhtiari and Myers. 
Uh, we're not sure on, you know, Jair and um, Billy Turner and, and Zadarius. I'm assuming they're going to be back because they are practicing. But what do you think we're going to get out of those guys? I'm, Bakhtiari and Myers, I think, will get great performances back to, you know, it's a little, I shouldn't say this, I've never played offensive line, but I would think it's a little easier to get into that offensive line. But that's more camaraderie with the five of them as a group. Um, I'm just curious on what you think we're going to get. You know, Jair, is he going to be the lockdown guy we got? Is he going to get in involved in a tackle and all of a sudden be out? I guess you don't know, but... My take is I don't think Jair's going to play a whole lot. I think he'll play, but I'll think, I think he'll be on a pitch count and he'll be in on... try to be in on clear passing situations. I think the same for Zadarius. If he plays, he'll play... 10 snaps, 12 snaps, maybe total, and it'll be only on clear passing, like, you know, like third and 15. Okay, let's throw him in there, um, which is where you'd see a, a Jair. Um, my take on Bakhtiari and Myers, I'm actually a little more worried about Myers than Bakhtiari. Um, I thought Lucas Patrick did a pretty good job when he was the starting center, and I think there's more needing to be on the same page with Rodgers when you're the center than left tackle. Um, and just in the interior offensive line, making the line call. Like, they had for so long, however many weeks in a row, Lucas Patrick being that guy, and now it's Josh Myers. I like the fact that he got to play all of the first half against Detroit. I think that's helpful. But still, now, I mean, I watched that San Francisco-Dallas game and I was really impressed with the D-line from San Francisco. They dominated the lineman scrimmage against the Dallas offensive line. Got a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott. Literally the reason for that game being what it was, I put a lot of that on the poor offensive line play by Dallas and the really good defensive line play for San Francisco. I don't know if Joey Bosa is going to play. Because he, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, it looked bad. Looked His neck and head like got bent kind of in a weird angle. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I haven't heard anything other if it's a concussion or if it's a neck injury or what. Um, so I don't know. I think Packers have much better chance, obviously, if Bosa doesn't play. Um, but I'm more worried about Myers than Bakhtiari. The nice thing is, if there's some struggles there, they could go back to Lucas Patrick if they want, right? At some point in the game, they could just make that, that change. Um, I just worry about cohesion. Some of these guys coming back, not playing, being rusty. Uh, that'd be my concern about the injured players. He could, if Patrick goes back to center, then we, we're back to Royce Newman at right guard, which arguably was probably our weakest spot of the, of the season. Um, I agree, though. I, I think Lucas Patrick has been there, done that. Josh Myers, we forget, has probably played. What did he play? Six NFL games before he got hurt? I don't remember exactly. Um, so, you know, you're trusting uh, a rookie, uh, a very inexperienced rookie, to come in there and, like you said, make the interior line calls. Uh, and this like, isn't a regular season against game. Against a very good This is a playoff game against yeah. a really good D-line. <laughs> yeah, Bosa and you know, Fred Warner at linebacker, if those two are out, that's a huge advantage to the Packers. But, that's a huge blow. Um, I would like to think that uh, playoff time, those guys are probably going to be in there if they have any shot. Head injury is a little different than, than uh, something else because that has to be uh, cleared by the doctors and concussion tests and whatnot. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Maybe they have a package where Jair and... Sidarius coming together, like you said, both of those guys are probably only going to play on, on obvious passing downs. Uh, so, 
uh, we'll see. Um, we talked a lot about uh, who we'd rather have, San Francisco or the Rams. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't discount the Cardinals. They could win tonight. Um, and I just kept coming back. I, I wanted the Niners because I had flashbacks of, of, of Kevin King trying to guard Odell and, or Cooper, Cooper Cup and a playoff game flashing back to last year. Um, but I think either way, this, this Niners team is on a roll. The thing that uh, I saw last night on Twitter is this will be their fourth road game in five weeks. Um, so they may be a little tired, a little beat up. But as we know with the Packers as a six seed a few years back, you get things rolling. Um, there's no telling how, how far you go. It seems like they have an offensive identity. Uh, Garoppolo made one glaring error yesterday through a really bad pick that got Dallas some momentum and got them back in the game because they scored a touchdown and brought it within a, a score game then all of a sudden. It got dicey there at the end for San Francisco. They almost blew that game, but they did enough. What, again, the other concern I have going into this game is the ground game that San Francisco employs. That Eli Mitchell, man, he's a stud, and he's a sixth-round draft pick. He's a rookie. He's a He's got burst, explosiveness, bounces off tackles, did a really good job against the Cowboys. The, the San Francisco offensive line was open in some nice holes. Um, and then Debo Samuel is a beast. That kid can do it like all. Yeah, Sale, what do you, you talk about that? Well, just the do-it-all kind of thing that you were talking about. Like, <clears throat> he's a strong receiver. Um, and sometimes we get, I think we always talk about receiver side, their length, you know, but he's one of those guys who can just, uh, he can dominate a position, like a spot on the field, you know, like he's a big guy, he's a strong guy, he seems to be able to put somebody away uh, on his back. Um, for some reason, he seems really crafty to me. Again, I probably don't see the game quite like other people. I'm more of just a fan than, you know, not having played a lot or whatever, but he seems to find holes, you know, just a crafty guy. And then when he gets, he catches the ball, um, he's good at running through people and getting those yards after contact. It's a really tough matchup because who do you put on him? Right. He's too big for a D-back and he's too fast for a linebacker. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, he, he's an outstanding player. I don't know that we, I'm trying to think of who I could compare him to that I've seen he's in the, the past. Swiss I just don't Army. know. He's the Swiss Army knife. He's yeah. the knife. He does it all. They line him up in the backfield, gadget stuff. He catches the ball. Like, his mm -hmm. most dangerous is after the catch, right? Yeah. Like, he's mm -hmm. so big and strong, but he's also fast. Yeah. He, like, looks for the contact. He mm -hmm. wants to be physical. Yeah. Um, I think that is a problem for Green Bay. And also, mm -hmm. George Kittle. We struggle against tight ends, and he looked good yesterday, too. So, it's to me. This is going to be a game that goes right down to the end. It's going to be close. I'm going to be super nervous because I want the Packers to win so bad. Um, I think so. And make a run, but Matthews, who's the last safety that could ever cover a tight end for the Packers? You always talk about this. God, I don't know. Nick Butler? Collins. Roy Butler. Nick Collins. Nick right. Collins. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, same number. Nick Collins. Um, you know, but you're right. Both I, same number. You're right. I, both I athletic. <laughs> Well, he'd kill somebody going over the middle, but he wouldn't be in the league anymore. You know, he'd get the little <laughs> bloody nose. You know, uh, but you're right. We've we you've talked about that. We struggle to cover the tight ends. It just seems like over and over and over. And Kittle, I think, is he's in the same category as Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. They're both oh, difference yeah. makers so at that good. position. Both catch the ball. Both physical. Both great. I mean, he's a great blocker too, yeah. Kittle. So I mean, they do so much with them off of play action, off of well, this, chip and go. This conversation is. A I think it gets back to that the um, 
who's going to win at the line of scrimmage. Because if we get more pressure on Garoppolo, some of those things, I mean, they can still be there, but you know, you lessen that, you give them less time, make them throw under pressure. You're going to have to because of the difficulties we have with tight ends. I think you have to stack the box and try to stop the run yeah. first. I, I really don't want to be sitting here a week from today going, well, it's the same old story when we play the 49ers. They ran for 243 yards in the first half, and we were now, you know, like yeah, right. we have to be able to stack the box. Box. There we go. Box. I said it. Uh, stack the box. Other thoughts on what we need to do as the Packers to win against the 49ers this coming week? Uh, I agree. That's what makes Debo Samuel even scarier is because if you put seven, eight guys in the box, then you're out there in single coverage on him most likely. And, um, but I think that's the ticket. You have to, they're going to try to run the ball to keep Rodgers off the field. They're physical at the line of scrimmage. Um, if we can't stop the run, it, it, could, be, uh, it could be ugly. Unfortunately for Packer fans, I kept thinking, you know, we're making fun of Mike McCarthy today for blowing another one. I'm like, oh, don't be too gloating too much here. That could be us in seven days from now. Matthew's thoughts on the Packers Niners? Yeah, you got to make Garoppolo beat you. You know, I mean, he didn't have a spectacular game yesterday. You know, through 66 percent, 175 yards, and no touchdowns and an interception. You know, like that's. To me, that's not worthy of winning a game, but he was going against Dak Prescott, so shit. Um, you know, I just think the Packers will be able to score, um, and I think if you can get if you get a couple stops, you know, and then you force uh, San Francisco's hand a little bit, that's that's to the Packers' advantage. But yeah, you're gonna have to cover the tight end. You know, obviously, I think we can cover Ayuk. I think we can cover Samuel. Um, you know, I think you have to limit the yards after the catch with those two guys. Um, but Kittle's the guy that, you know, he scares me because we haven't covered a tight end all year. So, Yeah, here's some numbers for you. Garoppolo, like you said, 16 for 25, 172 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. But... Here's the story. Elijah Mitchell, 27 carries, 96 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, 10 carries, 72 yards and a touchdown, including that 26-yarder for the touchdown. Um, they're going to run Debo Samuel a lot. Again, I would imagine they have a bunch of packages that they're gonna, you're going to see Debo getting the ball. I wouldn't be surprised, too, if Debo throws the ball once or twice. You know, They're going to try to take advantage of the Packers' propensity to – you know, to, to the bite. The lack of discipline to, from the Detroit game. To bite, you know. Um, now, Brandon Ayuk was the leading receiver. He had five catches for 66 yards. Debo only had three catches for 38 yards. Kittle only had one catch for 18 yards. But, again, this is a Dallas defense, not the Green Bay defense. So we'll see how we match up, what we try to do to take away certain things. Um, the nice thing is we do have a playoff game on, on film to break down and see how we can attack that offense. Um, it seems like light years away when we played at San Francisco already this season. We, we won 30-28. It's a whole different Green Bay team. It's a whole different San Francisco team. So throw out whatever happened, you know, week three or whatever that was. 
Um, it'll be a really interesting matchup. I do like Aaron Rodgers, though, in this game. I mean, I think he can control the game with his quick passing. I mean, they don't, they're not going to have an answer for Devontae Adams. No. And it's nice that we have A.J. Dillon to pound the rock and then switch it up with Aaron Jones. I would imagine they're going to try to get Aaron Jones involved in the pass game in this one, too. Well, and I think what Matthew said was super important here, too, in the sense that if you can get a quick score or two and put the pressure on the San Francisco offense to keep up, mm-hmm. that, that will go a long way because I don't, <clears throat> I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can beat us. I saw something today that the, they said the 49ers, I believe, lead the NFL in first, quarter, or first drive points oh. this year. <laughs> and they said they've just been surgical the second half of the year in their first drive. So I thought, I wonder, the Packers obviously always defer. Like, do you give, if you win the toss, do you give Rodgers the ball and try to get a lead? Or do you defer like you always do and hope your defense gets a stop? At one point in that game, it was 13-0, San Francisco. Then it was 13-7, and it was 16-7 at halftime. San Francisco definitely won the first half. Like, they pretty significantly. They had the time of possession. They controlled the game. Um, so, I mean, Green Bay struggles in the first quarter. We know that, but they usually look really good in the second quarter and they have done a pretty decent job in the third. It's the fourth where they usually like give up some points and teams make it interesting. It'll just be interesting game. It'll be a good game. Hopefully the Packers have enough. I mean, the great equalizer is turnover. So hopefully we can be clean with the ball and, uh, not give San Francisco any opportunities. Obviously, Special teams is going to play a factor. Crosby, you better make some field goals and extra points. You better not muff any punts. Uh, I mean, all those are game changers. Uh, you don't want to give San Francisco extra possessions and extra opportunities. So, Anything more to say? Do we want to talk about any NFL stuff or we want to move on, uh, on, on the agenda here, fellas? Good talk. Well, do you want to? We could mention maybe some of the coaching uh, stuff. Just yeah, go for it. It involves uh, some of our assistants being interviewed uh, throughout the league. So um, I'm not really sure where or which way a lot of these teams are leaning. Um, you know, I think the, the I guess the popular uh, opinion is if you had an offensive-minded coach and you fired him, you're going to go defensive-minded or vice versa. So, um, you know, like Denver had a defensive coach. They're going to look offensive. Um, Minnesota had a defensive coach. Are they going to look offensive? You know, are those places where Nathaniel Hackett, you know, maybe might end up? I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I think he definitely gets a job. Like, it seems like everybody's interested in him. Minnesota, Denver, Jacksonville. I just think that he's kind of the the trendy pick. He's got the bloodlines. His dad was an NFL coach for a long time. I just feel like he's definitely one of the front runners, and there's so many jobs. I'm not How convinced. How can he get one? How can I'm he not, not convinced he'll get a job this year. Really? I think it might be another year. Uh, I just think, like, here's part of the problem, I, and it's good for, for Hackett. His team's still in it, so... It's really hard to be allowed to do interviews when you're preparing and game planning. and mm-hmm. It might be too late for him this year almost. Um, but I think he'll get some opportunities to interview, and I think he'll sound good. I just don't know if he'll actually get hired for a job, but I could see it helping him next year and getting hired for a job. Plus, I don't think he, I 
don't know if he'd go to Jacksonville if he got offered that job. He might want something better. I mean, you you have a good situation in Green Bay. Do you want to take over a really crappy team? Or do you say, you know what, I'm going to wait for a better situation. Now, if he got offered a Denver job, that's definitely way more appealing than Jacksonville. Well, Luke Getze, too. He's gotten some interest from Denver, I know. I don't know. And Rodgers is very high on him. If you listen to Rodgers talk about him on McAfee. Um, I don't know. you're right, CJ. I don't know, like, these teams that have a GM opening, too. You'd think they'd want a GM in place to have that person in help make that decision. Uh, because if you hire Nathaniel Hackett, Brian Flores, and all of a sudden you hire a GM who, like, eh, I don't know. Um, well, it's not my guy. Right. right. So how does that work? And I think, you know, the NFL, like everything, is so quick to – to fire guys, we saw numerous. You know, Houston fired their coach after one year, and um, others two years. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I know I know Hackett's already interviewed for Jacksonville, but I don't know if he's had time to do any others because now they're on to game plan. There you go. I do prep. think Jacksonville is going to want to hire some offensive mind because Trevor Lawrence, yeah. the young quarterback, they're going to want yeah. somebody to develop him. I but, agree. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting. I know that there's been some L.A. Rams assistants that have been pretty hot, too, so we'll see. What do you think the best job opening is? How about I ask that question in the NFL right now for head coaches? I think it's, I think it's Denver. I think that's one of them. Um, I think they have some really good young players um, and a good defense. Their defense was really good this year. Their defense set some sort of record. Uh, and it just shows you how bad their offense was because they didn't even make the playoffs. They weren't even 500. Um, so I think Denver's a really good situation for somebody to, to step into. Uh, and then, I mean, Minnesota, I hate to say it, I hate the Vikings. Um, but you know, when you have Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and I think that's a good situation too for somebody to, to come into. I'm going to throw Miami out there as a pretty good spot. I think for the reasons you mentioned with Denver, like – they got some weapons. I mean, the question mark in all of the situations we mentioned are quarterback. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's issue is they got Kirk Cousins, who's on a huge contract, owed a lot of money, but he's not the answer. Miami, the jury's still out on Tua, right? But they got some pieces around him. Their defense is pretty solid. They're in a division that's, you know, it's somewhat up for grabs, although Buffalo's pretty solid. Um, and... Um, Denver quarterback too. What do you do there? I mean, it's not Bridgewater's not the answer. Locke's not the answer. So it'll be interesting. The quarterbacks is the the issue in all three of those places. Well, and Miami apparently fired Flores because he wasn't getting along with the GM or Tua. So that means that they're pretty firmly in Tua's camp as their as their guy. Um, it's not like Flores was really pushing to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like uh, he wanted Deshaun. Um, I saw I saw a Lewis Riddick, Brian Flores rumor to Chicago the other day, and I thought ah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. You know, I mean, I have no idea how Lewis Riddick uh, would be as GM. He's great on TV, but um, I think Flores is a good coach, um, and I think the longer we can keep the Bears in futility, the better we all are. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Any other last comments about NFL? All right, moving on to Wisconsin Badgers football. They ended their season with a win over Arizona State and Las Vegas uh, Bowl. Uh, had some uh, 
key players decide to pursue uh, the NFL, uh, namely Leo Chanel, uh, Mr. Sanborn as well. So both inside linebackers, stud inside linebackers will be gone. Uh, fullback John Chanel as well. Um, so a couple guys leaving, not super surprising, but probably the biggest change was uh, the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach in uh, Rudolph going to Virginia Tech. And we still have not heard any news about what Chris is going to do, uh, whether he's going to move Bostad, who's the inside linebacker coach, who was for a long time their offensive line coach, who put tons of guys into the league. Uh, if he's going to move back to the O-line and they're going to hire inside linebacker like we don't know anything nothing's been leaked uh haven't even heard about interviews at all so that's something to keep our keep our eyes on um i will say this uh they did lose their stud um a stud recruit uh shocker to ohio state uh probably the best interior offensive lineman in our state and a four-star recruit highly valued in the in the country uh hintzman uh, out of st croix Central uh, chose Ohio State over Wisconsin. That was a tough one to swallow. Uh, thoughts on the future of Wisconsin football? I think you're right. What? Waiting to see what they do. There's been no news. And I guess, you know, as a college program, it's not something you hear about all the time. And right now it's basketball season, so nobody's worrying about it. Nobody's asking questions about it. Um, I'm just waiting to see what, what's going to happen there. Who are they going to get? to replace Rudolph and, and who is Paul Chris hopefully going to get to help him call some more innovative plays uh, instead of uh, fullback dive. John Chanel left early too, which is great because maybe they won't run so many fullback dives on the whole line. <laughs> he was uh, a great blocker. He, he was. was a, he was a really good player. He was. I was curious uh, what you guys thought. They, you know, Some of the, I forget who it was, had them ranked preseason number yeah, six. And I that thought, was ridiculous. I, I, I'd be happy if they were top 20, but I mean, I know you have a absolute stud tailback um, and and Graham Mertz maybe takes a step next year as it's his third year um, and you have just a quality program Jim Leonard running the defense I think they'll be all right but they also have a very challenging schedule yeah I kind of chuckled I don't know if you guys saw this there's a rumor on on Twitter that Caleb Williams the Oklahoma quarterback is rumored to have Wisconsin on his list and I thought I mean I bleed Badger Red, and I love them, but why would he come there? I didn't hear that rumor, and I would literally fall out of my chair if Caleb Williams came. Yeah, it's, like, it seems like the opposite place of where he'd want to go, to be quite right? honest with you. It does not fit what you think of. I mean, like, Russell Wilson might have been the greatest thing ever to happen to Wisconsin football yeah. other than J.J. Watt. Um because we actually had a quarterback that could do it all, and the, we had the greatest offensive season in our in our mm -hmm. history of Wisconsin football, because Russell Wilson could do it all. So like, that really intrigues me, and it would be amazing if you had another player like that. However, he's gonna want to go to a place where he knows for sure that he can showcase his talents, and I would guess to another place that has a very wide open offense, tons of like. Or to a place where his former head coach went. Yeah, you know, USC I, might be. Yeah, you should search it on Twitter. But, it's kind yeah, of no, funny. I have not heard that, and that uh, really shocked me when you just said that. I was, I was reading like, some of it this morning, and I thought because someone one comment was, "Oh, he was intrigued by the two Badgers that were all pro," and I thought that was T.J. Watt, which has nothing to do with offensive football, and I don't even know who who was the Jonathan other. Taylor. 
Oh, okay, running back. And then one guy said, oh, he really wants to be paired with Braylon Allen. I'm like, eh, but it's, this kid's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I doubt Wisconsin's on his list. I mean, Unless his, wants list, to come his here, list is 50 schools uh, Yes, please, be, uh, yeah. be our starter and take us yeah. to the college football playoff. Right. All right, anyway, uh, yeah, like you said, tough road matchups. We've got to go to Ohio State, Michigan State. Finally cool. get to play this year. We should That'll go to that fun. game. Iowa, should, Nebraska. So we should uh, podcast, podcast the road trip. Michigan State. Yeah. Well, How long does Lansing. it take to get to East Lansing from here? About nine hours. Jesus. Depends on who drives. <laughs> what about on jet ski across I can do it in seven. Would you let us sit by you if we had all red on? And... Absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. That'd be fun, though. Because yeah, he knows Michigan State up right kill it. That's uh, true. Well, Spartan Stadium is a welcoming place. Yeah. It's yeah. a Midwestern town. They there's always room, right? You know, in East Lansing. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Mr. Matthews, who is apparently thinking about some changes. On Commissioner the, Matthews? Uh, you know, the, we did this for baseball, so kay. I figured i got to do it at the Matthews, end. Matthews, you do a great job. This is our segment, uh, Running the League with Mike Matthews. What needs to be fixed. Okay, go ahead, buddy. Um, first of all, we got to get eight teams in the playoff. First of all, I think that will help some of these guys backing out of uh, playing in bowl games or whatever. I mean... Yeah, they're still going to back out in, of bowl games, but you have eight teams now. Um, so those uh, those guys on those eight teams probably aren't going to back out. Um, go with the five Power Five conference champions and then three at-large bids. Do any um, of them have to come from non-Power Five sc- schools? The three at-large? Yeah, come from anywhere. anywhere. So we could still shut out? Yeah. That that group, or maybe like a Cincinnati makes it in. Right, kind of until I get to my last one. Okay, there. sorry. Okay. Jump in the gun. Yeah. Um, but no, you're all right. Um, you know, I don't know how we seed it. You know, I was kind of thinking, you know, what's the most um, fair way to seed it? You know, and I kind of was wondering if we could get like ten NFL scouts together. You know, that are scouting all these college players, and I know they're probably scouting individual players, but would they be willing to look at the eight teams as a whole and have them maybe uh, do the seeding for the eight-team playoffs? I don't know. Do you mean that you think that athletic directors from Power Five universities are biased? Totally, (laughs) totally. Um, It's all about the coin. Um, And I think the first round, you know, so those first four games, should go to the the highest-seeded Home field. I like that. What do you um, think about like a guy like Jim Nagy who runs the Senior Bowl being one of the people that? Comes um, if up? he's any relation to Matt Nagy, absolutely not. They're not. He's not a relation. Okay, well then he's a possibility. And he also does a really good job <laughs> scouting all year and uh, runs the Senior Bowl. I thought I think he'd be a good. Uh, yeah. Any to your... anybody that really doesn't have a an agenda. Right. I think that's yeah. wise. I mean, shit, the they could get me to do it. You know, <laughs> I have no agenda. <laughs> Um, Scouts is the one seat. Perfect. No, no. <laughs> well, there's not enough beer. Nine and four um, at a one seat. Perfect. So the next is the Power Five Little Brother Program. <laughs> First of all, so, Michigan State. And, <laughs> no. Oh. Here we we have we have the the five Power Five conferences, and then we have five. You know the small conferences. Here's the deal: if you get last place in the Big Ten. And you get first place in the MAC, you're switching Isn't conferences. Like soccer, relegation, and soccer. It's just like, it's like I learned it from soccer. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. There I mean, you go. get 
whoever I don't know. So who, Rutgers has got to go to Rutgers the, is out, and whoever won the MAC the is in. Yeah, Kent State or somebody yeah. is yeah. in the Big so Ten. So the ACC exactly the ACC's little brother is the American Atlantic. The Big 12's little brother is the Sun Belt. Big Ten is the MAC. SEC is Conference USA. And Pac-12 is the Mountain West. I love this Perfect. right now. So, you, like, you if really you get the last, you really looked into this. And now you like you that that team that got first maybe didn't get into the the big playoff or whatever. But you know what? They're going to get into the big conference next year, and they're going to get all that coin. And they're going to get a chance. And they're going to get a shot. So you know, level, now, and if they don't, and if they don't finish no. last place, they stay. Absolutely. They right. could stay there forever as long as they don't get last place so the next year. In a couple of years, theoretically, you could have Rutgers. Half the MAC could North be in the Big Western, Ten. Northwestern, Minnesota in the MAC. Yeah. And then, wow. I kind of like it. I think it. And chances are the worst team and... is going to be in the Big Ten West. So it's just going to make Wisconsin ESPN. I don't know that ESPN is going to like, you know, oh, well, we've had the Paul Bunyan X played 137 years in a row. But now you this week that. we have Wisconsin, can be, Kent State. Well, it can for be, the axe. It can be a non. We're, we're still not a done little axe, though, here. because they're the little brother. So <laughs> we, have, we have the Power Five schools must play one non conference game. Versus another Power 5 school. Oh, yes. So, so if Minnesota that. gets shit-canned to the MAC, we can still play that game. It's just a non-conference game. Now, it's not a Power 5 school, but it's still a non-conference game. So you have that ability to throw, what do they play, three non-conference games? Yeah. In the Big Ten? Okay. Um, we're also switching up the next one, the Power 5 schools. They have to play nine conference games. Okay, none of this SEC crap where they're only playing eight conference games and then they bring in the Sisters of the Poor to play like in the middle of November so they can rest their starters. All right. Um, so every conference, just to level level the playing everything, uh, they have to play nine conference games. And then here's the last one. Independents must find a conference to be playoff eligible. So Notre Dame has to get in. Absolutely. In I agree, 100%. Not being I mean, religiously biased, but they can do whatever they can to their their schedule and make it easy, make it hard. Let's just make them go to the ACC so it can be uh, Catholics versus Comics. Did you run that by your dad? He's a big Notre Dame. Ah, uh, my dad, he don't care. I now here's here's the only thing, and I I'm a, I love the eight teams in the playoff. I think that should happen, but this year didn't help that argument because the semifinal games were like Michigan. No, there were only two teams. Out. Michigan got blown out. Cincinnati yep. didn't really give Alabama much. I mean, I know it was fairly close, but like, I worry that especially if you play them at their home stadiums, Alabama against the eight seed, it'll be fifty-seven to ten. Um, but it yeah. could, or you could see one of the greatest upsets of all time. See, like that's the thing. Like you just don't know unless they have a chance, right? Now, I would argue that Cincinnati played much better. Than their counterpart in the other game, Michigan. Yeah. They kept that game much closer. What was the final? 27 17? Something like that? I can't remember actually. It, was, it, it, wasn't was, a it was closer game. than what Georgia did to Michigan. Yeah, that was just, yeah. Georgia took Michigan to the woodshed, man. Mm -hmm. we, didn't, um, we, we never mentioned, by the way, in our NFL segment with head coaches, does Jim Harbaugh bolt? I've heard there's rumors. Well, it sounds like the Miami owner, who's a Michigan alum, said there's no way he'll take Jim Harbaugh away, away from, from Michigan. So yeah. he's like, I'm not going to hire Jim Harbaugh. However, I've heard rumors of Chicago being interested. 
I don't know. I don't think he ultimately goes. I think he's doing pretty damn good at Michigan. He's finally knocking on the door of doing what they hired him to do all along. Um, let's jump into Badger basketball, and then we'll kind of roll through the rest Before of Before we do that? Yeah. One, those are some great ideas, Matthew. Agreed. Two, maybe the best segment that's ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> it was fantastic. Shake it to the man. It was if best. If yes. it was, you're right. That if you fantastic. end up getting this to go through, Mike, you need to have a different name than the Little Brother program. For... <laughs> Why? That's fantastic. <laughs> Big Brother, Little Brother. Don't know that that will go over real well. In our, in our, PC, in our PC world. The Power Five and the non-Power Five? That's true. That they do call it like it's true. I mean, that's yeah. Bash basketball, fourteen and two overall, five and one in the Big Ten. Uh, the Fighting Johnny Davises, uh, they're doing great this year. Um, big big win over Ohio State recently. They have uh, a date tomorrow with Northwestern, who just knocked off Michigan State. Michigan State. So coming off a big win, uh, Northwestern, and then they play Michigan State. Later this week as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, big upcoming week for Badger basketball. Um, thoughts on um, Badger basketball right now? Up to number eight in the AP poll today. Um, oh. Yeah, just, I guess, exceeding all of our expectations on what we thought they'd be after that kind of a mess last year um, together as a group with all those seniors. Um, Johnny Davis is outstanding, as we all know, but I think the the real key to this team is Brad Davison has been a consistent number two scorer. He's the leader that keeps them together. Um, and um, we're seeing Tyler Wall kind of come into his own. Really? Um, yeah. Absolutely. Just a, a really, really solid, nothing flashy kind of kid. You know, he's he's kind of that kid that we steal from Minnesota that's 6'10 and just does a lot of good things. And um, I think those three really uh, set the tone for that group. Um, and then Chucky Hepburn's come in. He... He hasn't been statistically like wowed anybody, but boy, he really plays older than a freshman uh, and just does a nice job uh, with that group. And um, His defense ahead of his offense right yeah. now. And, yeah, for, and I haven't watched every single game, but I've been impressed with him. Uh, like you said, playing older than what he is, competing all of the time, which is hard to do as a as a freshman point guard in the Big Ten to come in and, and be that competitive. And he still has issues defense. here and there, but you'd expect that he's a true freshman. And he's, he's growing. 18, yeah. He's yeah. growing. And also, I think nobody expected Johnny Davis to be quite this good. I mean, we, anybody who watched basketball last year saw that he had the potential, might take a snap, be a good player, but holy cow. I know... I know the next, the second half of the season is going to be very telling, and that's when we're really going to start to see. Because teams, teams are going to key in on him. Sure. And, yeah. But, boy, he has been just outstanding up to this point in the season. Now, I will say, I feel like the last two games he's tried to force a lot, and, and it's shown up kind of in his um, lower shooting percentage. Uh, but he's. I think the coaches are doing a good job with him. I think he is doing a good job trying to learn and grow through this season. Um, and I, it was nice to see in this last game, especially where he was not shooting well at all, Davidson stepped up. Wall stepped up. Bottom line is uh, other guys have been stepping up around Johnny Davis, and that's why you see the success they're having right now. So anything else about Wisconsin basketball? 
All right, let's wrap up with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, kind of have had a little bit inconsistent go here, especially with some of the guys in and out of the lineup. Um, without Drew Holiday, it's been a little tougher. Uh, not having a point guard, dropping back-to-back games against the Hornets, and now losing the other night to the Raptors at home. Um, thoughts on the Bucks right now? Um, I think... I notice anyways when they play without Holiday how much they miss him. That guy is such a good point guard and he's a glue guy for them in a lot of ways, which is kind of weird to say about a, one of your big three, you know, but he really makes the whole team a lot better. Yeah, 100%. I think that he's been um, a real loss here in the games that he's missed. I think he, I don't know if he was in COVID protocol and now it's an ankle. Um, they seemed to be playing really well when when Boogie was there, too. And I, I get the whole why you need to keep that that exemption or whatnot, whatever you call it, available in case they have a late-season trade like they did for P.J. Tucker last year. Like, you have to do that. That's just smart business. Um, but, man, he really played well for them. And he and, he and Drew are buddies because they played together on the, on the Pelicans. And uh, I just thought they had a good thing going there with that. And, just kind of a kind of a weird season with uh, all the COVID protocol and, and whatnot. And, um, I feel like they'll be there in the end. They'll be a, a one, two, or three seed in the East. And um, so it's kind of like the regular season is uh, irrelevant, so to speak. Well, I feel like we haven't even seen the whole team play together. Yeah, you know, and and I don't know if you guys have heard anything. I've heard nothing on the whole Brooke Lopez thing. Like, is he like just done for the year? Is he? He's not with the team, so he is... He's rehabbing. They're hoping that he can come back, you know, before the season's over. Um, but it's a back injury and a back surgery, so you just don't yeah. know. Yeah, um, obviously, if he can come back, that only just totally benefits their team so much. Um, but I do think that I'm not as concerned as maybe some people are as far as how they're doing currently because it's a long season they're, if they have everybody back for the playoffs, they're going to be just fine. Um, the intriguing thing for me is I've heard a lot of rumor about them shopping DiVincenzo. I've, I've heard that to, too. Trying to get, um, it, it looks like they're trying to get a big man. Whether or not Lopez is going to be back or not, um, just somebody to kind of back him up, give some minutes. Um, I mean, Bobby Portis has had a better year than he did last year. Well, and he, he's, he's had to. Standing, yeah. But. I don't know how long you can hold up. Um, today's NBA is a lot different than when we were kids, but how long can you hold up with Giannis and Bobby always guarding the five? Yeah, um, That's the thing that I, yeah. I'm i a little concerned about. But like you said, CJ, I, I don't know. Wake me when it's the playoffs. I feel like they're, they'll be just fine. Well, I think you miss that big presence in the middle. You know, I mean, that rim protector, especially with Lopez. If they could package like a Di Vincenzo and like a Rodney Hood and a first rounder or something like that and get like a decent big man, I think that would take this team mm-hmm. all the way to the next level again. You know, um, obviously though, if and if Brooke comes back, that's just icing on the cake then at that point. But well, and Mike's referenced this a couple times. They struggle to guard the three line, and yeah. so I think that's part to do with Lopez too. Like they're always kind of you know worried more about the rim when when he's there. You have him back there to protect the rim, so you can get you can afford to get out there more. It's true and, and guard the three. Um, so. Although I do think that Di Vincenzo being back with this team adds that defensive element um, and just athletic element that they didn't necessarily have at that guard position, especially at the two guard. I mean, Grayson Allen's 
he's just a spot up three point shooter yeah. and you know tries hard on defense, but you know <laughs> like he's not the most athletic defender yeah. there is. So that's the only piece that Divincenzo being back gives them. So, well, I think that's gonna be a wrap. I uh, as always, we hope you've been educated.